he uh, said, sorry for the short notice, but uh, could I fill in for him uh, this week? And I, I had to check with my pastor to make sure nothing big was going on this morning at our church. And um, everything was good to go. And uh, I told Marshall yes, and he said, good deal, put it down. So I put it down. I've been anticipating this day for a couple weeks now. Um, youth camp is amazing. Like she said a while ago, Sister Tammy said, it's, uh, and, you know, it's better felt than tell. Our pastor always says in Decatur. And uh, the worship was uh, not because I was leading. I had a great team behind me. But they got so loud that I had to tell people with, with sensitive ears to step outside. Because on certain parts of certain songs, when I said that you know, you'll sing because He is good and you'll dance because He is good, you'll shout. Well, they shouted so loud, some of the ceiling tiles were raising up in there. And, and I, so I told people with sensitive ears, that you, know, you might want to step out back because it's going to get loud. It was so loud, I had to turn my head like this, and I couldn't hear anything except for them, and we come back into the song. But uh, like I said, better felt than tell. So next year, go ahead and mark your counters now. I'm not sure the date, but it's going to be in July. Um, and we'll be down in uh, Mississippi at Camp Kumbaya. The, uh, the oh my comes from our pastor, Pastor Hal. And um, anytime someone says something, or just all out of the blue, someone will say something, or a quote, or something, or something will happen, and you'll just hear, oh my! And then, you know, so it kind of catches on. A few years ago, it was, it was Hey Pal, and it's just certain things. Because, you know, Pastor Howe, y'all know him. Uh, he is a special, special guy. And uh, those kids love him to death, and I love him myself as my pastor. Um, what I brought back from camp um, is uh, being real. Being real. And as, as adults, sometimes, even as young adults, it's, it's hard to be real. Not only with ourselves, but it's hard to be real with God. And in some of those services that we had, the, the, the junior youth were being real. They, uh, and I think the last day, they began to uh, confess stuff and said, Jesus washed my sins away and, and my mama this or my daddy this. Or they began to talk about things that they were dealing with and they were so real and so broken that God just filled that place I think we went almost an hour over our time allotted, and uh, which happens occasionally at camp. And the, uh, the 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 speaker kept saying, "What should I do?" I said, "You just go." I said, "We're not. We're here all. We're here until Friday morning. So we just go. If God's moving, just keep on going. Don't quench the spirit because these little kids' lives are changing. Little tears coming down their eyes, and a lot of it, some of it was emotion. I'll go there, but the majority of it, kids were being born again delivered and say that I felt that love of God. And that's what is where I was on the stage playing and singing and seeing that this side of it blows you away. Uh, seeing little kids uh, holding each other's hands and praying for lost parents. When the pastor, the speaker said, um, any child who has a parent, our parents are not born again or are not Christians, come down and we want you to pray for each other. And you would be surprised in a room of about 70 kids, probably 50 of them came down. 50 children came down and they're going to go home or are home right now with parents that do, do not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And we, they, had, they held hands and their, their tears were streaming down their cheeks and they were crying out and snot and everything for, their, for God to save their families. And that, that's powerful. And then once that message, that, that, that service stopped, the next one came in that was the team, you know, the ones that are all cool and hip. And they were snotting. And they were crying at the end of their service. And they were praying did the same thing for that service. I said, hey, if you're here and you're, you know, your parents are not saved or whoever you live with or stay with, I want you to come down. We're going to pray with you. And it was probably the same amount. Probably 75% of the kids at camp go home to non-Christian families. 
So they needed to get all filled up with God to be able to go home. Our, our, our challenge was to be all in for Jesus and go home. And when you walk through that door, like some of y'all said, when your child came through that door, you saw a difference in them. You saw Jesus on them. And that's what it's all about. It's being all in for God to go home and to share, not just keep it a camp, but share Jesus Christ with everybody you come in contact with. Amen? Now, a neat little thing is, those who know me know that I am a King James believer. A King James through and through. And, and then when I was asked to preach up here, I'm still King James. i got my King James with me. But the text I wanted to read this morning is very unique and some wording in it. And it's in the EBS or the ESV. And come to find out, that's what Marshall uses here. I, didn't, I had no idea. So I think God must have orchestrated this little message because I don't use the ESV at all. I use it sometimes in reference, but uh, I got this message and I'm going to use the English Standard Version today. So, do y'all stand when you read or... Okay, you don't have, you don't have to, okay. <laughs> I go to a lot of different churches and there's a lot of different ways. I don't want to offend anybody if I didn't say stand, so that's your standard. We're going to be reading from Psalms 130 in the ESV. And I think you had those in front of you on the little shelf back there or behind the chair right there. Psalms 130. Now we don't know for sure if this was David's writing. But many scholars believe it was. But we don't want to get caught up all on that. All we want to do is read what it says and, and, and learn from it today, okay? Psalm 130 says, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to, my, to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in His word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with Him is plentiful redemption. And He will redeem Israel from all His iniquities. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, as we come to you this morning... We ask you this morning, Lord, to help us rightly divide the word of truth. I ask you this morning not only to anoint me, God, but I'm asking you to flood me, flood my, flood my body, flood my mind, flood my soul with your Holy Spirit, Father. Because I have to be filled in order to be spilled. And I pray this morning that every mind and heart and soul is open to hear your word and receive it, God. And I pray right now, Father, that you'll be with Pastor Marshall as he is in Michigan once again ministering to the next generation. And all these things we ask in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. So, we're talking here in Psalm 130. He starts out, the depths, out of the depths I cry. Out of the depths I cry. So this morning, as a, as a subject title, I want to call it being real. So, out of the depths I cry. He starts with a meeting uh, where he's at. Have you ever been in a situation and you're all around it and you don't actually admit what's going on? I mean, if, if you talk to your, your neighbor or your, your, your co-worker at work, you say, man, I had a bad weekend, the lawnmower tore up, the, the pool pump quit, the AC's out, I'm getting laid off at work, the kids won't behave, and I'm having a really bad day. 
That's being real. But when it comes to church, we want to come in here sometimes and put on our Sunday school outfit and sit a smile on our face, and we got all this stuff going on at home, and God can't speak to us, and we can't worship God because we got all this stuff going on, and what all God wants us to do is out of the depths, God, where are you? God, out of the depths, here's what's going on, God. My, 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 my whole world is breaking down, God. And that's where we need to be at is when we're talking to God and being real is, this, is admitting where you are and telling God He already knows where you are, but He wants you to admit it because sometimes that's the hardest thing to do is admit. You know, you're, you, you yourself are your worst own enemy. You will tell yourself that I'm alright. Everything's going to be good. All this right here. And what God wants you to do is just be real. Just be real. And see, that's when these little kids at camp, they were so real. With the counselors in God, that God was able to pour Himself into them and use them. And see, if you're not real with God, He can't. He can't use you. He can't use you unless you're real with yourself and real to Him. And it says, "Um, oh, out of the depths I cry to you, Oh Lord, hear my voice." Have you ever been somewhere or been in a situation and you're crying to God and say, "God, do you not hear me? Oh God, where are you at?" I mean, I've, I've done it. I said, God, do you not hear my plea, God? Everything's falling apart. The truck won't start. Work's getting slow. This is going on. That's going on. One of my, my oldest child is, is running 100 mile an hour away from you. God, do you not hear my cry? Do you not hear my plea? God, where are you? Remember the time the disciples were in the storm and Jesus was asleep in the boat? That's found in Mark 4, 37, 38. There was a great storm. The boat was being tossed around. Flip-flopped. Every, every, the, 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 the storm was so great that the boat began to get full of the storm. You know, just because Jesus is in your boat doesn't mean you won't go through storms. Just because Jesus Christ is in your boat does not mean you won't go through storms. The problem is we allow the, we allow the storm to get us. We become full of storm and we forget who's in the boat. Now, the scripture says that he was asleep on a pillow. And sometimes we like to be put Jesus Christ in our lives on a pillow. Make sure he's nice and comfortable. If you wake him up, some things may have to change. Amen? It's okay to be in the storm, just don't get full of storm. And even though Jesus is in your, in your boat, you will go through storms. You will face tough times. And, that, and those tough times are coming along. You're going to have to learn how to worship wet. Now, I'm talking about the storms of life. When, when, when the walls and the waves are crashing in, sometimes you've got to learn how to worship God when you're wet. Amen? You, you mean, even though I, I've said, you know, my son's running this way, I'm having this problem, and, and, and the bank's calling, and all this stuff's going on, you've got to learn how to raise your hands up and worship God when you're wet. Because that's when you're being real. Say, God, you know, you know my situation. God, you know what's going on. And God, I am soaking wet here. I, I am so wet that my shoes are, are squishing water up. I'm so soaked with life and so so soaked with everything going on. And God, I just need to raise my hand and, and to you that you are who you say you are. Sometimes you gotta lift your hands and cry out to God when you're wet. But see, we just want to sit back in church. Well, have a pity. You know, a pity party is not a party at all. God wants you to be real with Him this morning. After we admit, this is where I am, this is what's going on, and we tell God those things, 
Then in verse 3 and 4, this is who God is. See, he, he starts out, With out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, O Lord, hear my voice. Lest your ears, are you not listening, God, what's going on? And then straight from that, he goes into verse 3 and says, If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? What he's saying is, Lord, you're not like Santa Claus. You don't have a, a, a naughty and good list. Because if he did, we'd all be on the naughty list. He don't keep track of what we do. That's what's good about God. When you cry out, God, God, I failed you, I've done this, and you ask for repentance, and you, and you ask for forgiveness, and God forgives you, that's gone. But see, it, it, just thank God that He is not like Santa Claus and has that list of good and bad because I'd be on that bad list all the time. Who God is. He also says in verse 4, He says, But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Now, when you find God, you find forgiveness. With God, it's always forgiveness. And, and the fear is not being so scared of the, the, the monster man. It's a reverence. The fear of the Lord. I think it's in the, uh, Solomon says, the beginning of all wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord, beginning of all wisdom. This is where I am. This is who you are. Now, we don't know if anything has changed in the, in the prayer right here. All we know is He's praying. He's saying, God, from the, from the depths of my situation, from the depths of my soul, for who I am, I'm crying out to God. Can you not hear me, God? Can you not hear me, Lord? I'm, I'm worshiping you when I'm wet because I know who you are because when I find you, I find forgiveness because, God, I'm thankful that you don't, you don't keep a list. You don't keep track of everything. You don't keep bringing up my face, what's going on, what's, what's doing. And, God, I'm, I'm feared for you. I, I reverence you, Lord. And then in verse 5, he begins to, after he, this is where I am, this is who you are, he begins to think this will not last. This, this will not last because in verse 5 he says, I wait for the Lord. And the word wait doesn't mean wait like we think, it means watch. It means I watch for the Lord. My soul watches and His word I hope for. Are you watching for the Lord to do something? Or, you know, Sister Kay, she said she prayed for God to use me. God used me about two years ago, right? If she just forgot about that and quit watching for the Lord, it would have came and went. Maybe today you're, you, you've told God where you're at. You, you was real with God and you cried out and said, God, can you not hear me? What's going on? I need, I need my spouse saved. I need my husband saved. I need my children saved. Or wherever, wherever it may be in your situation this morning. And God says, he, but He wants you to watch. Now, we, we know through Scripture, sometimes people waited a long time. A long time. And see, if you're like me in this generation, it's, it's a Burger King world. I want to have my way. I want right now. We go through a drive-thru. I know y'all, we give it. Just, just go ahead. We go through a drive-thru. And, we, and she don't come out real quick and say, can I, take, can I pack your other place? We're like, what's going on in there? Well, i got to be somewhere. Am I right? We do that? And then... She comes out, you know, take more plates, and what? I want number one with no pickles, I want this, 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 and that. And you tell her all this stuff, and she's like, she's trying to get it all punched in. And she'll read it back to you. That's not what I said. And then, when you finally get all of it right, and then you get up there, they'll, they'll give you this, this iced tea, this sweet tea that's got tea all around, all around the. And you're in, a, you're in a brand new car that you just got for your wife, and, and they, they give you this tea, and it's like, I don't want that. I'm not in this car. And then they, they take it back and they wipe it all off. And you get everything and you take off down the road and guess what? It's wrong. 
And what do you do? A lot of, a lot of folks just drive back and do it again. When you could have went in the first time, hey, good morning, how's it going? Good Good to see you, you know, God loves you, you know, all this kind of stuff. I ain't even one, blah, 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 blah. Interact with someone like that. Probably a lot quicker than driving through. But we want it right now. We want it my way. We want, we want it to happen right now. God, save my family. Tomorrow, they ain't safe. What happened? God, used me in ministry two years ago. God used me somehow. One year went by. I'm getting older now. I'm sick. My legs are getting worse. I'm using her example because I know her. Two years goes by, talking to the uh, pastor's wife. I know her life guard, you know. She's like, her, her life off of her head. Need a lifeguard. Boom, boom, boom. Want you blessed? Amen. <laughs> Big way. Jesus said, unless we become, become like little children, we'll never see God. We'll never see heaven. Little children are so real that it blows me away. Our pastor will use the excuse if, I, if he was to go to the nursery, give him five minutes with your child, he'll tell a lot about who mom and daddy is. Little children will come to the pastor and say, My daddy's this way at church, but he's this way at home. We talk about that again, too. Mommy's this way at church, but at home she's this way. Being real with God knowing who he is in verse 5 of the city he talks about this will not last because he says he says um, he's looking for the Lord to show up he's looking for the Lord to show up because you know, I talked about the, the boat earlier are you looking for the Lord to show up in your storm are you looking for God to show up in your circumstance? Are you looking for God to show up in what's going on with all your chaos that's going on? Are you looking for God to show up? Are you looking to bring glory to God somehow through my mess? Not oh my mess, it's through my mess. What glory can I bring God? What glory can God get from my mess? I preached a message a few years back about when lightning strikes. When lightning strikes, we're not prepared for it. But how can I take this lightning strike, this life circumstance, how can I take it and give God glory? Amen, that's right. You know, Job, lightning stroke. And his wife said, curse God and die. But what Job said was it rains on the just and the unjust. And that story... Even if you're not a believer today, they, they know the story of Job. The woman at the well. The woman with five husbands. They don't have no names. The woman at the well is just the woman at the well. The woman who had five husbands. They, but we know those names. We, we know those stories. It will not last. Have you just got soaked with life? Have you just got hit with some bad news? Have you just got soaked with the circumstances around you and from your depth? Are you going to cry out to God or are you going to let, him, are you going to let, that, let that circumstance sink you to the bottom? There are a lot of wet, soggy Christians walking around today. If you ever been to Six Flags and get on a water ride early in the day and then by noon you're like smelling pretty rough? Feet are hurting. The side of your legs are wore out from your, your 
shorts rubbing against them, call it chaff or whatever you want to call that. When you, when you, when you live life as a Christian soaked like that, you're going through the same situation. You feel miserable. You stink. You're getting chaffed with life. And, and people can see it. What is wrong? What is wrong with Brother David? Everything's good over here. God's not going to show up until I get real. If you've got something going on in your life, God's not going to show up until you get real with Him. You've got to get real. You've got to get real. You've got to get real with God because He's going to be real with you. So when you get soaked with life, you're just going to cry out to God and say, God, this is what it is. I know you know God, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I need to get it off my chest. You tell him your problems. You tell him what's going on. And, and then you say, God, I know who you are. You're, when I find you, I find forgiveness. And God, you are the God who forgives. You know, what do people get when they get you? When we get God, we get forgiveness. But what do people get when they get you? Think about that. What, are they, what does people get when they get you? For some of y'all, it's great. For some of y'all, it's like, oh, here comes brother so-and-so. Here comes sister so-and-so. You know, it may not be that person's fault, but the problem is that they're so soaked with life. They're so soaked with the distractions of life. This this world is so fast-paced and so noisy. Our world is so, so noisy. And they get so caught up and they're just drenched and they're just soaked with life. They just need to get real with God and cry out in the storm and say, God, I'm going to worship you even though I'm wet. And see, God loves that. God inhabits that. And then when He sees that genuine and you're being real, He said, all right, Brother David, you're going to be serious. He's he's ready ready for me to step in. The psalmist describes the, the watchman. Are you watching for God like a watchman? The watchman on the wall back in those days was someone who had a post up on a high wall. And he was told to watch this direction for anything bad to come. They had them all over around the walls. Now the watchman was not doubting that the sun was going to come up in the morning. His job was to be posted there from dusk until dawn. And when the sun came up, he would relieve. Now he wasn't sitting there all night long thinking, I wonder if the sun's going to come up in the morning. See, we do the same thing with God. I wonder if God hears me. I wonder if God knows what I'm going through. I wonder if Jesus really knows what I've experienced with me and my wife or having a situation or me and my children or me and my employer or whatever the case may be. I wonder if God really knows. You know, the sun will come up tomorrow. The old Annie song, the sun will come up tomorrow. Bet your whatever, whatever. There you go. But the watchman did not doubt the sun was going to come up. We've got to have that kind of intent, that kind of watch, that kind of a look that I know God looking at you, God. I'm watching for you and I know you'll come up. Amen. I know you'll come up. It may be a long, long night because it says pain comes in the night, but joy comes in the morning. See, God wants you to endure. He wants you to be able to endure and look for Him because He will come up. It may take two years, but she was still looking. She was still saying, God, use me. Still use me. Use me. Moses was 80 years old before he preached. I ran from God for two years myself. And God said, I'm going to call you to preach. I'm like, I don't get the, the wrong cat, man. 
Now I preach and lead worship. Oh my. I can't even sing that great. But the church loves it. Because it's not, it's, not, it's not about a great voice. It's not about great talent. It's about the heart. It's about what's inside there that, that God loves. When, when they see that God's working through that, it don't matter how bad you sing, it'll be a joyful noise to the ear. To the ear. And you've got to be able to sing a little bit now. <laughs> the watchman. There's no doubt that the sun is going to come up. Are you going through something this morning? And you kind of quit watching. Because God will never fail. Amen. His love never fails. Amen. He's always there. He's always watching. He's always looking. He's always listening. And He's never caught off so off guard. He's never surprised. You know how I know? Because His Son, Jesus Christ, was on the cross. They, were, they nailed Him to the cross. My cross. They nailed Him. What I'm talking about was, was spikes. Not a finishing nail. God saw the whole thing. He was not surprised. He was not, oh my. But he knew the outcome. He knew the sun was going to rise. That would have been a good place for an amen. He knew the sun was going to rise. On three days, he knew the, not the S O N, but the, I mean the, the, the S O N was going to rise. Again, and that would be worth it all. The sun was going to rise again. I'm telling you right now, you may be here this morning, and I'm going to tell you, the sun is going to rise. On your darkness. And you may say, well, brother, we're all in church this morning. We're all, our life is good. Come on. Mm-hmm. You and Patrick have bad days. You and Patrick wives have bad days. Don't worry, baby. Even I can get on her nerves sometimes. <laughs> My word for you today, be real yes. with God. And the sun will rise. It may not be like Burton. I want it now, my way. It may take a couple years. But it will rise. Verse 7 and 8, we're going to be closing here. He goes from. This is where I am. This is who you are, God. It will not last. Then he says, O Israel, hope in the Lord. For the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel for all his iniquities. He's saying, I'm not the only one going through stuff. I'm not on an island and, and it's always me that happens. So you may think that this morning, but let me tell you, I've, I've, got, I've got a wayward son. I'm a pastor. I've got a wayward son that's running 100 miles an hour away from God as far as he can get. It's hard being a parent when you got children that are going in the direction. I know people in my life that they're the wife is saved and the husband's not, or the husband's saved and the wife, or, or vice versa. It's rough. I know people that are going through situations when they're foreclosed, they're facing foreclosure, they're facing this, or the, the factory's going to shut down, or whatever, or sickness, or illness, or whatever. You're not the only one going through stuff. So today I tell you, O oh church, O oh harvest point, 
hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love. And with Him is plentiful, plentiful redemption. And He will redeem you. Maybe the reason why nothing's happened yet is because you haven't been real with God. Maybe why the sun hasn't come up like you're thinking it was because you haven't been honest with yourself. You haven't been honest with God. You haven't been real with Him. See, we, we taught all of our lives that God knows everything and God knows it all, but sometimes when our prayer life, we just we skip part of it. If you're struggling with something, tell God. He already knows. God, I'm struggling with this, God. Do you not hear me, Lord? I need to see that sun coming up. Start watching for it. Start watching for it. Maybe He'll send someone into your life that has the same type of struggle. They'll come up to you and say, Brother, they talk to you about something. They say, they the same, the same You ever done it before? You get on to pray about something and you start telling yourself how to fix it? I've done it. In this prayer right here, this song, this is a song that they're singing on the way. This, this is like the number 11, the number 11 on, the, on their, their little song set list. This is number 11 out of 12. They're singing this song on their journey. The situation hasn't changed. The rain is still coming down. Your ship is still being tossed about, but this is when you just throw your hands in the air and you worship wet. Amen. You cry out to God. He already knows, but being real with yourself is what it takes. This is where I am. This is who you are. This will not last. I am not the only one going through something. Hope in the Lord. Hope in the Lord. Throwing your hands in the air. Submission. going through stuff. Lord, help me get through my stuff so I can help someone else. I need you guys just as much as you need your pastor. I told the kids at camp that I need you guys. I need your prayers. Being a minister is not easy. The ones you see on TV that are flying these big jets around and going from city to city you know, some of them are legit, some of them, you know, I, I can't. The fruit's not there. It's hard being a pastor's wife. Your husband is pulled 
many different directions. He's, he's, he's challenged with things on a daily basis. He's being watched so closely that if he takes a little, just a step to the left a little bit, it's all over Instagram, hashtag, Snapchat, Facebook. It's, it's, if your shoes ain't tied right. I don't wear a suit. I had a church one time that said I couldn't preach if I didn't have a suit on. I wore a suit. When I got done, the brother said, next time you come and preach, wear whatever you want to wear. Old Methodist church up in Florence. But about half of that message, they had them little rails up here on the, on the podium, and I just, I just come over like a hurdle. I grabbed that tie... And I would start going. They realized when the tie came off, I started preaching. That, that, was, that was binding. That was binding. had me bound. There was a lady that came to me, big, tall man, had hands twice as big as mine, grabbed my hand and made it disappear and said, Son, when we have you back, meaning that they were going to have me back, you can wear whatever you want to wear. We're sorry about that. Things can bind you in church, y'all. You can get caught up on the color carpet or the color of the carpet. You can get caught up on the church or the chairs or pew. You can get caught up on the money phone to have drums. Last week, y'all, over there, I cried and I wept. So I was being real with God. There were some things in my life I was working with, and God showed me some stuff as I was strumming that guitar. My life was changing while I was ministering. I think that's a key thing right there. God can change your life, but you got to keep plugging on. you got to keep going. So at, at this time, if God's spoken to you this morning, says, you know what? Pal, sister, why don't you just be real with me this morning? I think it would be a good opportunity for you to come come forward. Y'all come down these chairs and right there where you're at or grab your neighbor by your hand or maybe you're afraid to go by yourself. Grab hold of someone and say, would you pray with me? I want to get real with God. I've quit. I've quit. Maybe you're saying, God, I've quit watching for you. I've been praying so long for my lost son or my lost daughter or whatever. It hasn't happened. And maybe you quit looking for the sun to rise. God's calling you to be like that watchman. Quit doubting. Yes. The sun will come up tomorrow. Your circumstance, it may be, a, it may be an illness. God may choose not to heal you. But the sun will come up tomorrow. And you can take your sickness and your illness all around the country. Even though I have this, I have cancer, I have this, or I have that, I love the Lord God all my heart, all my soul, and all my mind. That can change people's lives. So this morning, as we stand, as we stand, <laughs> different church, different things. If God's spoken to your heart, I would encourage you. Don't leave this building. 
Don't leave the opportunity that God has thrown it out there for you. And St. Harvest Point, be real with me. Be real with God this morning. He knows your hurts. He knows your habits. He knows your hang-ups. He wants you to be like a watchman. Anticipating. Not waiting, but anticipating the sun to come up.